0: How do you know when it's time for something new? I always wonder about that in the springtime when new life is springing up all around us. Yesterday afternoon I went to a nursery to pick up some plants for my little garden and let me tell you, the place was mobbed. This is a time of great optimism for gardeners when all of the plants for sale are in bloom and the bugs aren't really out in force yet. And it feels like this year, finally, we'll keep the weeds under control. (laughs) Everything feels fresh and new. But the truth is, God is always doing something new. Have you noticed that? God is forever moving things around and nudging people forward and giving us the opportunity to improve. It often amazes me that there are still people who sincerely believe that God never wants anything to change. For some folks, religion becomes the parking brake that keeps life from changing. And I just don't think that works. Because God is always doing something new. In the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, which we heard this morning, or excuse me, which we heard a couple of weeks ago, the disciples are living in perfect harmony, they're sharing everything in common, and life is beautiful. Four chapters later, today's reading, there are problems. Some people have detected a subtle discrimination in the way the community's charity is dispensed. So the 12 apostles assemble and conclude that they can't mediate every dispute, but must delegate the task of looking after the poor and the widows to people they could trust. And so they created the first deacons rather than rely on an older structure that wasn't working anymore, they discerned that God was calling them to try something new. In every age, right from the beginning, the church has had the power and the ability to reshape its ministry to fit its mission in a changing world. Our second reading today presents us with what scholars believe is actually an early baptismal hymn. Through our baptism, we are made into something new. We're not just made personally new by the forgiveness of our sins, but we're incorporated into a whole people made new, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people that Christ claims as his own. Whatever we were before and whatever we belonged to before, we are at our baptism made into something new, a people that God has called out of darkness. And in today's gospel, Jesus is doing something new. This section of John's gospel is from Jesus' farewell discourse, his parting words to his disciples at his Last Supper. He's getting ready to go away, and he's trying to prepare them for the new ways that he will be with them after his resurrection. And so in this discourse, Jesus gives us a new commandment to love one another as he has loved us, The people of his time understood that God's law was telling them to love each other, meaning love your own people, your family, your tribe, your nation. The commandment that Jesus gives is new because it broadens that definition of one another. All will know that we are Christ's disciples because our love will be universal, transcending boundaries of race and class and nation. Thomas and the other disciples find all this a little baffling. How can they know the way if they don't know where he's going? What they want is the Google Maps version of Christianity. You put in the starting point and the destination and you get back the route you're supposed to follow. Uh, There's just one problem with that, which you've probably encountered if you've used a lot of Google Maps. Sometimes the landscape changes. There may be construction or closed roads or... They may have bad data. In the same way for us, it works that way trying to follow Jesus. You can try and get all the directions in advance and hope you make it to God's kingdom, and they'll probably be helpful, but you're safer following someone who knows the way. We don't know our final destination. That's in God's hands. But we do have someone who knows the way someone who is the way. To follow him, we don't need to worry about the whole trip, just the next few steps, our next few choices. To be a follower of Jesus doesn't mean we have the whole route planned out, but we know the way, and the way tells us how to handle each step and each fork in the road. And through all of this, we have to remember that God is still in charge. We must remember that we are a chosen people called by our baptism to be God's love in the world. We need to respond to changes in our lives and our world carefully and with integrity, remembering who God has called us to be. God makes all things new. God's spirit still dwells in us and can give us the grace to respond to the new creation. Because Jesus is the way as well as the truth and the life, We can follow him without anxiety, knowing that this community of disciples will work together to ensure that when he is doing something new, we will be ready to follow him to the Father.